Welcome back to the TGI Podcast, and I hope you had a very Merry Christmas. And as always, it is hard to believe it has come and gone. The holiday season continues to go by quicker and quicker each and every year, so I hope you were able to sit back and enjoy the month of December and the week leading into Christmas and Christmas Eve and Christmas Day as much as possible. So now that Christmas is in the rearview mirror, it's time to look ahead to the final holiday of the season, or maybe the first holiday of the upcoming year. So with that, we'll be looking ahead to New Year's Eve and New Year's Day with a familiar show on the podcast. So now, on to the show. This week, we are back in the world of How I Met Your Mother. We previously covered the show with a Super Bowl episode uh, way back in Season 1. We previously covered the show earlier this year with the iconic Slaps Giving episode. I really hope this upcoming year, whether it be uh, Christmas in July or actually in December of uh, 2023, to do the first Christmas episode of the show because it's a pretty good one overall. Uh, But this week, we're covering the episode titled The Limo from the first season of the show, and it was the 11th episode of that season, and it debuted on December 19th, 2005. For those of you who don't know, this show is one of my favorites, is one of my comforts. I understand the criticisms uh, that come with the later seasons and particularly the final season, but I think the first two, three, four seasons of this show are very good, and I firmly believe that the first two seasons of this show are up there. I mean, they are very, very good in my opinion. What I found interesting is that How I Met Your Mother did not have a Christmas episode here in its first season, and it's also interesting that they leaned heavily into New Year's Eve on this particular episode, and that this episode came out before Christmas. And and given the way that most broadcast television shows are released, uh, I, I think it's becoming increasingly rare for a show to have a New Year's Eve episode. We know that normally the first half of the season wraps up first, second week of December, so it's rare for a show to bypass on Christmas and move ahead with a New Year's Eve episode, but I think what made it work so much in this show was how important New Year's Eve was in the context of the Ted and Robin storyline. And so before we jump in headfirst into this episode, I do want to do a little quick run through the cast. We have Josh Radner playing Ted Mosby, Jason Siegel as Marshall Erickson, Kobe Smulders as Robin Trubatsky, Neil Patrick Harris as Barney Stinson, and Allison Hannigan as Lily Aldrin. Uh, this episode also has Marshall Manesh as Ranjit, who is a great reoccurring character throughout the series, particularly in season one. He's in the first episode as the taxicab driver when Ted is driving, uh, going to get Robin. Uh, at the end of that episode and all that, and proclaim uh, his love for her, essentially. So Ranjit shows up a lot throughout the series, and I always uh, I always enjoy when his character comes up in an episode. He's usually very funny. Uh, we also have JB, uh, J.P. Minot playing not Moby <laughs> in this episode, which if you haven't seen it, you'll understand what that means a little bit later on. 
And for the longest time, I thought not Moby from this episode was played by Jim Rash, uh, who you know uh, from the show Community. And I always thought it was him until a year or two ago I looked it up and I was like, wait, that's not Jim Rash? So this guy very much looks like Jim Rash, very much looks like... uh, (laughs) like Moby, as we'll get into. Um, But yes, they are different actors. And also, since we just covered this show not that long ago, I'm going to pass up on doing a Christmas connection uh, like we normally do. For that episode, we talked about Neil Patrick Harris and his Christmas connection being 8-Bit Christmas. So if you want to go back and listen to that episode, you can hear that Christmas connection. Or if you want some some Thanksgiving feels (laughs) here in late December, you could go for that as well. So this is what IMDb offers up as the synopsis for this episode, saying, quote, It's New Year's Eve 2005, and Ten spends a large portion of his Christmas bonus for a limo for him and the gang. In addition, he has an outline plan for how they'll ring in the new year. Unfortunately, things don't always go as planned. Very generic, very straightforward Some uh, summary of what this episode is all about. So... For myself, as someone who is now in his mid to late 30s, I am a firm believer that New Year's Eve doesn't deserve any special attention from me. Uh, When I was in my 20s, it was a big deal to go find that party. Uh, You're going to go out, you're going to hang out with a bunch of friends, you were either going to go to somebody's house, like a house party, you were going to go to a bar, Uh, I'm sure there are people who went to clubs, different things like that, but at this particular point in my life... I am content at staying at home, making a nice dinner. Uh, you know, my wife and I will have some some drinks, sit around, watch uh, one of the New Year's countdowns. Um, you know, maybe have a couple friends over to the house, but nothing like it was in my twenties, where I feel like, especially when I was in college or just out of college, it was like the weeks leading up to Christmas. It's like, what are we gonna do? What's our big New Year's plan? What are we gonna eat? What are we gonna drink? What are we gonna do? And, and now it's just. It's just another day (laughs) for me. New Year's is like a birthday to me. It's just another day. Uh, Nothing super special to me, but I get it. I know why people like it and like to celebrate it. More power to you if you do, but it's just not my thing. Um, But Ted and the rest of the gang in this episode, they're at that point in their lives where it's about the parties and the experiences. Like, again, I did those things. I did the things that they want to do here in this episode. So... If I could put myself in their shoes uh, 10 years ago, whatever it was, I, I understand it and I know I know what they're doing here. And so the episode, it opens up. We have our usual moment of any episode here of How I Met Your Mother and it's future Ted voiced by the late Bob Saget talking to his kids and he starts off telling them that New Year's Eve sucks and it never ends up the way you want it to. But in 2005... Ted decided he wanted to change that. And he says that he decided to spend half of his Christmas bonus to make it a special evening for him and his friends. And we see him now in that year of 2005 rolling up uh, to the outside of their apartment in a limousine. We see it flash across the screen. It's now three hours until midnight. And Ted says, Last New Year's, everyone went their separate ways and it sucked. So they're all going to spend the night together. And they have a list of five parties. They're going to stop at all five of those parties throughout the night. And then they will pick after the fifth party where they will go to ring in the new year. I have to say, with three hours of time, you have five parties, you're in New York City. We don't know how many different places 
they're, you know, how far away all these places are. But it's interesting to me that they think they can accomplish all of this in a five or a three hour uh, spread of five parties in three hours with all the stops, all the driving and all that stuff. But Ted's an ambitious person. That's just sort of his nature. We learn that the first party they're going to, Ted is going to introduce them to Mary Beth. She's someone he works with. He thinks she's kind of into him. So it's going to be kind of like a date for him and this Mary Beth throughout the night. And also, for those of you who don't know, this is the part of the show where very early on, Ted is very much infatuated with Robin. You know, in the first episode, he tells Robin he thinks he's falling in love with her. That sort of sets all of this in motion. She's repeatedly turned him down. Uh, He still has feelings for her, but he's willing to be friends with her, partially because he likes her as a friend, but partially because he wants more from Robin. And that's the crux of the entire show for those of you who have watched it from start to finish. And what makes this even more difficult for Ted here at the beginning is that Robin is currently dating a guy named Derek, who at this point, we've never seen him. We've never heard of him. It's the only episode we ever really hear of him. I don't think he really comes up much else outside of this. Maybe in the following episode or two, talking about how they're no longer together. But this is the first and only time we see Derek. Um, But she says she's going to have to bail on them because she's going to go spend time with him. So they're all sitting in the limo and Barney being the guy that he is, he points out that people are always asking him why he's always so psyched. And everybody's like, no, they don't. Nobody ever asks you that. But of course, this is Barney and Barney has real life and Barney has Barney brain. And so in Barney's brain, he thinks that everybody wants to know more about him and, and why he's so amped up and why he's so cool. But he says that you have to have a good mix of music. And he pulls out a very early 2000s thing. He has his mix CD. And he said a, t- a, a mix CD shouldn't have ups and downs. It shouldn't be high and low. It should be all rise. He pops in the CD, starts off, and it's blaring Bon Jovi's You Give Love a Bad Name. And Everybody gets psyched, particularly Marshall. Marshall is jacked. He is very excited for this CD and for this music. This is when we find out that Ranjit is their driver. He has graduated from being just a taxi cab driver to also being a limo driver. They're all excited. They head to the first party. And we see that they've been there for a half hour. They hop back in the limo. They talk about how great the party was. Marshall's like, they had pigs in a blanket. They were amazing. We should stay. But Ted's like, no, no, no. We got to go try out the other parties. I went through all this trouble. We got to try out everything else. And at this point, this is where we meet Mary Beth. Uh, for the first time, we find out she's a very friendly person. She hugs everybody. So maybe Ted was getting a little mixed signals from her (laughs) at at the office. But she seems very friendly, seems very nice, very pretty, all that stuff. And Barney also brings in a woman with him whose name was Natalia, who has a very thick accent, is very clearly drunk. Barney says she's from the former Soviet whatever. So she's sort of like an Eastern European woman who has a very thick accent, doesn't speak English very well very drunk. But in this moment, Lily, she starts complaining about her feet hurt, and she wants to go stop back at home for new shoes. But Ted's like, look, we can't do that. We're on a very tight schedule. You need to just power through it. That's the way it's got to be. I'm sorry, but you got to power through it. So to lighten the mood, Barney once again cranks up, you give love a bad name, and they head off to the second party. 
Again, we see them piling back in from that party. And what I thought was really genius here from the show's perspective is we don't ever see them at these parties. We only see them getting back into the limo and talking about the party. And I think it goes to show and make it a lot more personal. And that's what I think this episode did a really good job of is making it seem personal and making uh, making the storyline build up a little bit more that it's in the end, it's about them. It's about them at these parties and them being together rather than the party itself. So they've returned from the second party. Marshall, again, he's wanting to go back to the first party. He keeps talking about the food that was there and that he wants to go back. But they end up moving right along. They start to drive away. We find out that they left Natalia at the other party. No one other than Barney seems to really care about that. And just then, Mary Beth, she starts talking about how much fun she's having with Ted. She's thanking him for asking her out to go out and party. But Ted gets a phone call. And of course it is Robin. And of course Derek has stood her up. And of course, Ted decides they have to change up their schedule. They gotta go pick her up. So he wouldn't change the schedule to let Lily go home and get better shoes. But he's gonna change it up now to go and get Robin. And if you've watched the show, you know this is Ted's fatal flaw. Whenever Robin asks him to jump, he says how high. That's how it is. And so this is still very early on in the series. So this is one of those first instances of him going absolutely out of his way to make Robin happy. And it's something that continues to happen throughout the series. And I I would venture to guess this is one of, if not the first time, he really does that in this series. So they go, they pick Robin up. She's very thankful they picked her up despite it changing up their plans. She said she was really looking forward to her night with Derek and that it really sucks. And then Barney once again (laughs) bops on to try to hype her up with his Bon Jovi CD. Everybody's like, come on, dude, come on, don't do that. And Robin's like, you know what, maybe I should just go home. I'm just going to ruin it for everybody. And Ted's like, look, what do you need a date for on New Year's Eve? For someone to kiss you at midnight? Fine, I'll do it. And it draws some questionable looks from everyone, including his date, Mary Beth. So this is Ted. You know, if you're an outsider, you clearly can already see that he has a little something-something for Robin, even though he has a date with him. So now they're going to go out of their way to get Robin some food because she says she's hungry and Ted's like, let's change, let's go get food. And this is where Lily's like, I got to go. I'm going to hop out. I'm going to get a cab. I'm going to run home. I'm going to change my shoes and I'll meet you guys at party number three. Marshall's like, no, come on. You can't do that. I'll go with you. She's like, no, no, no. I don't want you to, to miss part of the night. She's like, You stay behind, and I promise you we'll find each other before the night ends. Marshall stays behind. Lily heads out. So they stop. They go get some hot dogs. And the crew, they're now on their way to uh, the third party. And as they're sitting in traffic, Marshall kind of looks and he says, Hey, I, I think that's Moby. So like the musician Moby... I'm sure if you're of a certain age, you know who he is. If you're a little younger, you might not know. But he's a pretty popular musician there in the early 2000s. Um, so they think they see him. Ted rolls down the window and he's like, Moby. Hey, hey, Moby, Moby. Guy comes over. He's like, what's up? And they're like, what are you doing? He's like, well, I'm going to go to a party. Ted's like, yeah, do you want to ride to the party? 
Guy's like, uh, sure. So he gets in, and they all firmly believe this guy is Moby. And they're ecstatic that he's like, hey, do you guys want to come to the party I'm going to? Everybody's excited, but Marshall's a little concerned because he's like, look, now Lily's not going to be able to find us now. He says he's tried calling her. She won't answer. The circuits are jammed, <laughs> which is a very early 2000s thing to say. But he says, I keep trying her. She's not answering. Marshall, who's like, I don't want Lily to be alone on yours. He hops out of the limo and he's like, I'm going to go to the third party. I'll meet up with her there. They're like, no, 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 no don't do that. Whatever, Marshall hops out. He's going to go find Lily. And once Marshall leaves, we see Moby pull a gun out of his jacket. And this is when we start to quickly realize that he is not actually Moby. And they ask him, they're like, are you Moby? And he's like, no. And Ted's like, why did you answer me when I said Moby? And he's like, oh, I thought you said Tony. And they're like, oh, your name is Tony? He's like, no. (laughs) For some reason, I don't know why. It's so stupid. Such a silly little line, but it always makes me laugh. That not Moby, answered to Moby because he thought it was Tony, but his real name isn't Tony. And a little bit later on, we will find out what not Moby's real name actually was. So after a tense few moments in a car or in a limo with a man with a gun who they thought was Moby, who was not Moby, <laughs> they finally arrive at his party. He's like, you guys going to come up? And he's, they're like, uh, no, uh, we're, we're going to go to the other party we're going to go to. And as they're sitting there, they hear a phone ring inside the limo and they realize that Marshall left his cell phone in the car. They pick it up. It's Lily. She's wondering where he is. And Barney says Marshall went to the the third party looking for her. And she's like, well, I'm at the third party. He's not here. And then right then she goes, oh, my God, you won't believe it. But Moby is here. And they're like, you got to go. You got to get out. She's like, oh, my God, he has a gun. So (laughs) she eventually runs out of the party. She gets into the limo. And they realize that. Not Moby's party was actually party number four on the list, and Lily accidentally read the wrong address. So now they've decided they're going to go to the third party. That's where Marshall should be, and Barney wants to psych everybody up because everybody's a little down at this point, and he realizes that Not Moby stole his CD. And just then, at that moment, as if the night couldn't get any worse, Ranjit has a flat tire, and they're only 30 minutes away from midnight. Everybody's down. Everybody's sad. Barney's sad. And Robin's like, look, we need to stay positive. Come on, it's still going to be a good night. Her and Ted start singing some Bon Jovi (laughs) before Mary Beth then pops her head out of the sunroof. She wants to get some fresh air. Ted joins her, and she says she's going to leave because she's going to meet up with some of her friends. And Ted's like, come on, don't leave. You shouldn't leave. And she point blank says to him, so how long have you been in love with Robin? Ted, of course, pushes back, but Mary Beth says, look, I can tell she's into you too. She gives him a hug, and she heads out for the night. So this is not the last time this is going to be an issue for Ted in his life where a woman tells him, that he's still very clearly into Robin. It happens later on in the series. Again, I don't want to spoil anything for some people, but this is a reoccurring thing for Ted. This is something he clearly is not 
been able to get over and he's struggling with it. And certainly in this moment, because he's only known Robin for a few months, but he's so very clearly into her. So we go to the commercial break, we come back, we see there's only 19 minutes left until midnight. They're all stuck sitting inside the limo. Barney is super upset. He's sad. He's in the corner. He's just very upset. And Lily says, I'm going to go out. Uh, I'm going to pop out of the sunroof and try to call Marshall. They're like, you don't have a, Marshall doesn't have his phone. Then you just hear her literally yelling, Marshall, Marshall, over and over again. And I always thought that was very funny. And so you could still hear her yelling that. While inside the limo, Ted is apologizing to Robin about Derek standing her up. And she's like, look, don't be trying to get out of this deal to kiss at midnight. uh, And you better be ready for that. Ted seems excited for that idea. But then Derek calls Robin. So Ted, he decides to pop his head out of the sunroof to talk with Lily. And then Barney pops his head out. And there's this funny little sight gag of the three of them all Pushed inside the sunroof. Barney, Lily in the middle, Ted on the other side. Lily still yelling out Marshall's name, which is also very funny. And this is where Barney points out that Ted is trying too hard to make something happen since New Year's Eve is always the biggest letdown of the year. And the always optimistic Ted is trying to make things work. And then we hear we hear Lily once again yell out Marshall. And then we hear Marshall yell down the road, yell, Lily! And we see him running down the street. Bon Jovi's cranking in the background. We have our hero moments here with Marshall. And Marshall is hyped when he gets back to the limo. He says he has so much to tell them about what has happened to him over the last hour or so. So he's like, I couldn't find Lily at party number three. So I got out and I walked to party number four. And he said when he ran, he ran into Moby at that party and he signed his shirt. And Marshall then pulls down his coat to reveal that not Moby, his actual name is Eric. As it is written in permanent marker on the back of his shirt. It's so stupid, but it makes me laugh every time. And he said while at the party, Marshall heard Barney's incredible mixed CD playing and he swiped it. And he said he assumed they went to party number five. So he went there and it was awesome. He said they should all head there now to ring in the new year. Ranjit has fixed the flat tire. You think they're going to get there and they're finally going to enjoy this perfect night together. Ring in the new year at this awesome party. But then they get stuck in traffic. And this is where we find out that Natalia from earlier on the episode had been sleeping in the front seat the entire time (laughs) as well. Which I thought was funny. They're like, Ranjit, why didn't you say anything? He's like, she looks so peaceful sleeping. I didn't want to wake her up. So now they're stuck in traffic. They're all a little upset they're not going to make it to this big party. Ted says, Ranjit, put it in park. And he pops a bottle of champagne. And he says, there's no way that party number five is that great. Because the best party in New York is in their limo right now. It appears they're going to have the perfect New Year's Eve anyways, despite not being at the party. And you think Ted's going to get his chance to kiss Robin. And just then, there's a knock on the lim- on the window, and it's Robin's boyfriend, Derek, who's able to find them. He said he, he, he decided to leave work early, which I don't understand why he's working on New Year's Eve, but he leaves work early so he could be with her. And at this point, future Ted tells his kids that they 
probably want to feel bad for him at this moment, but they shouldn't. And he explains that not every night is going to have a happy ending. And he notes that no matter no matter what, it's all leading to something big in 2006. And so for those of you, uh, this is a little bit of a spoiler, so if you haven't watched the show, you intend on watching the show, I'd say go ahead and fast forward a few seconds here, 30 seconds, a minute, whatever. But the end of this season culminates with Ted getting Robin, and they date throughout uh, the second season. So 2006 was a good one for the character of Ted. So that's what he's sort of alluding to here in this story. And that's always something I really liked about this show, is their ability to look ahead to the future and continue to write for the future years before we ever see it happen. But just as a current version of Ted, he's dejected and walking down the streets in New York, Robin gets out of the limo, and says she thought they she's like, Look, I thought we had a deal. I thought we were gonna kiss at midnight. You're not backing out on me. Ted's like, Don't you wanna kiss your boyfriend? She's like, Hey, he made me wait all night. I'll make him wait a few more seconds. So the two that kiss each other, it seems like a very perfect moment in that moment. And then Ted sheepishly walks down the street with a smile on his face. And I love the imagery we get right here. He's approaching crosswalk and has a don't walk symbol on it. And then it flips over to walk. And we know it's setting up Ted's chances that he could go after Robin once again. And that wraps up the limo from the first season of How I Met Your Mother. And as always, we like to determine if an episode should be deemed a holiday classic. And with this, I'm giving it a... You got it, dude! So I think I need to add a little caveat here. For giving this a you got it dude. If you have never watched this show. And you don't plan on ever watching it all the way through. I would understand giving this a no way Jose. Because there's context here that bleeds into a future storyline. And this is so early on in the show. That this is kind of a pivotal important moment in this show. But if you've watched the show. Or you're starting it from the beginning. It works. It hits on those notes of. You want it to be the perfect New Year's Eve, and it just kind of doesn't end up that way. But in a way, it kind of does. You know, you might have something built up in your head of what it's going to be, and it changes and eventually becomes something great. Uh, You know, maybe just not the way you thought it was going to be. So this episode, like a lot of How I Met Your Mother episodes, it's just packed with so much of that foreshadowing. So if you're not into the show overall... It's a little bit harder to get into this particular episode. And and say what you want about the show. I think it did a great job of that foreshadowing throughout its run. And and I think in this particular episode, it does a good job of showing how New Year's Eve doesn't always live up to the hype. But even if you have it hyped up to be one thing, it could turn into something pretty good. And so overall, it's a fun episode. Again, if you have history with the show, you'll, you'll, you'll probably like it. If you don't have history, it might be a little harder to get into. But I think if you go into it with an open mind of understanding that that's how a lot of people think and feel about New Year's, I, I think that uh, you could end up liking it. And so with that, our third holiday season on TGI Podcast is wrapped up. I cannot believe it. You know, I started this in 2020. It was one of those things where something to do <laughs> during a pandemic, but it's become something I really enjoy doing. It's fun. Of course, October, November, and December are really fun months. December is my favorite, obviously, and I'm just 
so shocked that December is almost over. Uh, the day of recording this, it's the day after Christmas that I'm recording this, and it's hard to believe Christmas is over, and it's even harder to believe that this year is almost over. It, this may have been the fastest-moving fastest year of my life, and there was a ton of great, great things that happened throughout this year. So I want to be one of the first people to wish you a Happy New Year. I hope that 2023 is a great year for everyone. I hope personally it slows down just a touch. Uh, I think it will just because last year I had so many amazing things happening that it flew by in an instant. But as far as the podcast goes... I'm likely going to take a little time off. I'm probably going to do what I've done in the past. Have an episode or two a month. You know, we've hit on Super Bowl previously. We've hit on snow days, on high school graduation or prom, things like that. Continue to do that. Try that as best I can. I mean, a lot of that content's just not there. Same with, like, Easter. We did Drew Carey show Easter, and it's really hard to find any other Easter sitcom episodes. Um... But we'll, of course, ramp it up a little bit with Leon Day in June, uh, as well as Christmas in July, which now as I'm sitting here, I'm like, I cannot believe that it felt like just yesterday I was doing those Christmas in July episodes, and now it's already the end of the season. But of course, we'll then plunge back into the Burr months in 2023. It all seems so far away in this instant. But I know it will be here before we all know it. So thanks again for listening to the podcast throughout the year. I hope you have a happy new year and I'll talk to you all very soon. The TGI podcast is written, produced, and hosted by me, Matt Yurick. Our social media is available by searching for TGI podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And the music for this outro was provided by Carlo Espin. Licensed under CC BY 4.0.